Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com. That's patreon.com forward slash baldhead Bible. And there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. One of the most interesting things I think about the story of David is that when he was anointed king, when the Lord looked in and saw that he had a heart after him, you know how old he was? Many people think he was between the ages of 10 to 12 when Samuel anointed him as the future king. When God looked at his heart and said, there is a man after my own heart. So I just want to encourage you, if you're young and you're listening to this podcast and you're listening to the story of David and you think, hey, I'm too young, God can't use me. No, that's not true. God anointed David king between the ages of 10 to 12. And he saw in him a heart after him, a heart that was committed to following him 10 to 12. Man, that should encourage all of us in whatever age we're at to say we can start following him while God worked on behalf of David. And God eventually said, I've got to get David into the court there of King Saul. Well, God sent out an evil spirit. I mean, that's what it says there in 1 Samuel chapter 16, that God sent an evil spirit. And it also says that God removed his spirit from Saul and instead sent out an evil spirit into the life of Saul. And this evil spirit and a harmful spirit, it says, from the Lord tormented him. This spirit sent out from the Lord tormented Saul. Now you're thinking like me, well, How can God send out an evil spirit? God isn't evil. No, he is good. And this version uses the word evil and translates it harmful. I don't know all the ramifications. I can't give you all the theological nuances here of what's happening. But what I can tell you is that the Lord works in ways that sometimes we don't understand. The word harmful, the word evil, could also be this idea of trickster. 
And many times when you look at heaven, there's some stories in the Bible of how there is a court in heaven and God gives commands out and the spirit of some kind says, I will do this. I will accomplish it that way. And God says, go do it. And he had an intent to trick Saul to cause trouble in his spirit as punishment for Saul rejecting following Yahweh. And so he removes his spirit from Saul, which is tragic. And then God sends out sort of like a tormenting spirit. And it goes from the presence of the Lord and it troubled his spirit day and night. And it's interesting, it was so troublesome that Saul's servants noticed something different. And even say, behold, now... A harmful spirit from God is tormenting you. They saw that this was being caused by supernatural activity. And they saw that something was different. Maybe Saul just fell into deep anger. Or he struggled with fear and complete anxiety that totally laid him out. And I don't know what it was, but it was clear that this was supernatural activity. Well, what are you going to do? Well, one of his servants says, you know what? I think you need to listen to music. Because that will soothe your spirit. And, and, and you need to hire a musician. Somebody, as it says, they're skillful in playing the lyre. And, and whenever this harmful spirit from God comes, we can play the lyre. And you'll be well. And you'll be calm. So, they look around. And they ask. And they decide, all right, who can come and play the lyre and who's skillful? And then it says that somebody knows Jesse's son, David, who again might be 13 to 14. And they say, he's skillful playing. And not only that, it says that David was a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence. What a thing to be said of somebody at... 13, 14, 15 in their teenage years. And not only that, a man of war, a man of valor, good presence, but he can play an instrument skillfully. It's interesting, right? David was a Renaissance man. He could do everything. And it's also interesting to me that music made the difference to calm Saul down. And Music changed his thinking and changed his heart. And, and I just want to say, the music you listen to, it's no different today. The music you listen to makes a huge difference in your daily life, in your thought process, your spirit, whether you're encouraged, whether you're sad. I think we need to check what we listen to. It sure made a difference in Saul's life, and whenever this harmful spirit this trickster spirit would come upon him, well, David would play. And it would soothe Saul's soul. And it says he was refreshed and well. And eventually, when David would play, this harmful spirit would depart. And then eventually, the harmful spirit would come back the next day, and David would play. And then the harmful spirit would depart. Man, the supernatural that's going on in this story is just profound to me. What God is doing in sending out this harmful spirit, what this harmful spirit is doing to Saul, and then how music solves the problem. 
I think ultimately, though, right, the whole goal was to get David in Saul's court. And it says there in 1 Samuel 16, verse 21, that when David played for him, and as Saul got to know David, it says that Saul loved him greatly to the point that he became his armor bearer. I think all of this is there because God is providentially working. Here's my new king. I got to get him near the old king. I got to get him in the court. This is the way I'm doing it. Well, David's there, plays for Saul. But he still works at home and he still takes care of his dad and his dad is getting older in years. Well, during this whole time, one of the greatest enemies of Israel, the Philistines, reared their ugly head again. And they began to mass an army in the Valley of Elah. And the Valley of Elah is basically this valley with a mountainside on one, a slope on one side, and a mountainside or a slope going up on the other. And they would have this Valley of Elah in the middle. Well, the Philistines, they showed up and they encamped along one side of the valley, one side of the mountain. And the Israelites showed up because they're going to defend their territory and they're not going to just take this invasion lightly. And they lined up on the other side of the valley, on the other mountainside. And they would curse each other and yell at each other. But apparently... They were so afraid of each other. They were so afraid of going into battle that instead of fighting each other right there man to man in the middle of the Valley of Elah, they decided this battle was going to be decided by champions. And each team or each army was going to send out their own champion and whoever won the battle between the two champions would win this battle and win everything it's an odd way to fight you know i'm going to send my representative you send your representative whoever wins hey at least only two people die you know and not all of us but we got to give you all our stuff we'll become your prisoner well the philistines They had their champion. And you've all heard of him, right? His name was Goliath. The Bible says he was nine feet, nine inches tall. He was huge. He was a giant. And the Bible talks about there being giants in the land before Israel took it back under Joshua, that there were giants there. And that's what scared those earlier men who spied out the land. And here Goliath is a descendant of one of those giants. He's nine feet, nine inches tall. Can you imagine how tall that is? And not only that, he wore a bronze helmet. And then he wore bronze armor weighing, the Bible says, 5,000 shekels, which is about 125 pounds. Then he had a huge bronze javelin with a 15-pound iron tip at the end of it. And he would come out and he would challenge all of the Israelites to send out your champion. And he would shout, why have you come out to draw up for battle? 
Am I not a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down to fight me. Because he's standing there in the middle of the valley. He's looking up at the other side of the mountain. Come down to fight me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we'll be your servants. But if I prevail and kill him, then you shall serve me. Then Goliath... He's getting pretty cocky. He would say, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. This huge giant with his armor bearer, with all this bronze armor, would stand there. And he would daily shout, send your champion. And this went on for 40 days. 40 days. Well, finally, Jesse, David's dad, said, Hey, I would like you to take to your brothers an ephah of parched grain and ten loaves. Now, an ephah of parched grain was about 22 liters. So imagine 22 of this. It was a lot of grain and then ten loaves. And, and then he says, I want you to take ten cheeses to the commander of their thousand. So I want you to take all this food to your brothers because David's three oldest brothers were fighting in this battle. Well, actually, they were standing around in this battle, right? Because they didn't want to go fight. They didn't have a champion. Eliab was the oldest, and he didn't see himself as a champion. And Abinadab, he was the second, and then Shammah, but none of them had enough guts to go out there and be the champion for Israel. And it says they looked throughout all the army, and not even Saul was willing to be the champion. And David went back and forth to his brothers, and taking care of the sheep in Bethlehem, and then back to his brothers, and back and forth. And then finally he takes this food to his brothers on the final day there. And that's when David hears Goliath's chant and roar. And when he hears Goliath make these claims and ask for somebody to come out and fight, David goes up to the army and he says, What should be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who is this? And when Eliab, his oldest brother, heard David talking that way, he says, why have you come down here, you little brat? David's probably between the ages of 16 and 19. And you had to take care of sheep, Eliab says, and you've just left them to wander in the wilderness. And here you think you can take on Goliath? And David says, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he said over and over again, who is going to take on this Philistine and he should not be defying the armies of the living God? He should not be. Well, eventually, the words of David get to Saul. And Saul hears about this teenager saying, basically, I'll fight him. This Philistine shouldn't defy the living God. I'll fight him. Now, Saul, whoever the champion was, had said, I'm going to enrich you with great riches if you, do, if you kill Goliath, and I'm going to give you my daughter 
And I'm going to make your father's house free in Israel. Whoever is willing to fight him. But nobody took him up on the offer. But then, here comes David. And when Saul saw David, he, he knew who he was. and But he says, you're not able to go against this Philistine. You're the guy who plays the liar and, and help me get over that evil spirit. But you're a youth. And man, this Philistine, he's been at war from his youth. He would crush you. I think David walks up to Saul. He says, you know what? You don't know me. You don't know my past. I used to take care of the sheep for my father. I had to fight a lion and a bear because they would come and take a lamb from the flock and, and I would go after this lion and I would go after this bear and, and I struck him and I delivered the lamb out of his mouth. And, and again, I had to fight the lion. I would grab it by its beard because sometimes lions have that beard under their chin and they struck him and he killed him. I fought lions and bears for my dad. If you send me out, Saul, this Philistine will be like one of them. And then he says it again. For he has defied the armies of the living God. See, David says it again and again. Who's this Philistine to defy the armies of the living God? I can go fight him. Why? Because I'm fighting for the living God. And then he says, the Lord who delivered me when I fought that lion and that bear... He'll deliver me from this Philistine. Again and again, what does God so love David for? Why? Because he was a man after God's own heart. And he knew when he fought that lion, it wasn't his strength. It was the Lord fighting for him. He knew when he fought that bear, it wasn't in his strength. It was the Lord fighting for him. And he knew, I can go fight this Goliath. Even though I'm just a youth because it's the Lord, the living God, fighting for me. So Saul says, all right, you go do it. So they put a helmet of bronze on him, the coat of bronze mail, and hunk, oh, he could barely move. It was way too heavy. And they gave him the sword and clunk. It was just too much. And he, he couldn't go. He says he tried in vain. He goes, I haven't tested them. I don't know how to use this sword and this armor. I can't do this. So David throws away the helmet, takes off the chain mail, puts aside the sword, and he fights with what he knows. And you know what he knows to fight with? A staff in one hand and a sling in the other. That's what he was going to fight with, a staff in one hand and his sling in the other. And then it says he goes down into the valley and he looks through the brook and he finds five smooth stones. And he puts them in his bag and he takes his sling and he takes his staff and he walks forward. He is going to be Israel's champion. It says when the Philistine looked and saw this little youth coming towards him with a sling and some rocks, Goliath says, 
come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Ha! You come to me because Goliath is ready. David is ready. All the armies behind Goliath are watching and they think, we've got this made. We have a nine foot nine giant. You have a little ruddy run of a kid out there. And the Israelites are thinking, you go for it, David. Oh, you look pretty small in comparison, but, but you go for it, David. And the Philistine begins to mock David and make fun of him. And he says, I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. You are nothing. But then David responds. And he says something really amazing. He says, you come to me, Goliath, with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. But here's the key. This is what made David great. He says, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I am going to cut off your head. And David charges towards the Philistine and the Philistine starts to walk towards the little, little runt of a kid. And David yells, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hand again. The armies of the living God. He's going to fight because the Lord takes care of him. He won the battle with the lion and the bear because the Lord gave him into his hand. And here the battle is the Lord's. It's not Israel. It's not mine. David has got the right perspective and he puts a stone into that sling and he starts to whip it around his head and he's running and the Philistine coming towards him. He's just going to take his big foot and squash this little guy and David then stops I can imagine about 10 feet away and Let's go of one part of the sling. And that stone flies out. And it flies. And he's thinking, Goliath, look at this. I've got my armor. I've got the chain mail. I am completely covered. There is no place he can hit. Well, I guess my face is exposed and... Boom! David hit Goliath in the one fatally exposed place not covered by armor right between his eyes and that stone was moving so fast that it cracked his skull penetrated his brain and in an instant boom Goliath drops down and David runs forward and he takes the sword of the Philistine and he raises it above his head and whack, he cuts off the head of Goliath. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, it says they ran, they ran. And when Israel saw this little guy came through, I can't believe it. Yes, they chased after the Philistines. 
and they wounded them and they put a great hurt and great loss in the army of the Philistines. And when they came back, they plundered the Philistines camp and David took the head of Goliath and brought it to Jerusalem. Why was David successful? What made David great? It's because he knew who he fought for. It's because he completely trusted in the God he served. It's because he saw Yahweh not as some dead God who was way up in heaven or not as some God who was afar off, who didn't care. No, he saw Yahweh, the God he served, as the living God who was with him day and night, who wanted his heart. And at the ages of 16 to 19, David said, you've got my heart, Yahweh. I will trust in you and I hope. And I pray that I'll have that same trust. That I'll have that same hope. And I don't know what Goliath you're facing in your life. You know, I, I don't know what big thing that you're, you're thinking, I can't defeat that. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a physical problem. Maybe it's financial problems. But man, we face Goliaths every day. Some of us... Some of you will face a Goliath eventually, something so big, it just seems overwhelming. I just want to encourage you, have the attitude that David had, that you serve the living God. You serve God Almighty. You serve Jesus. Put your hope, put your faith, put your trust in him. He will help you defeat your Goliath. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week. Thank you.